0: certainly have fears that there is a serial killer at Lucent Firth.
1: Sarah Spears, Jane Rimmer, Kira Glennon.
0: And every time you saw a young girl walking by, you think, oh, God, is she going to be the next victim?
1: Now, one man stands accused. If police are right and Edwards is the Claremont serial killer, he's been hiding in plain sight for 20 years.
2: 55 days after Jane Rimmer disappeared, her body was discovered by a woman picking flowers. Soon after, on the same stretch of road, two people on horses came across a knife. I'm Natalie Bonjolo in the studio today with Tim Clark and Alison Fan. Hello. Hi, guys. Hello. Um, I, I think today was quite poignant in a way because uh, you learned that upon making this discovery,
0: the woman didn't want to leave Jane's body. No, she wanted to stay there. And In fact, what happened on a sort of a weekend ride that she always took, turned into a nightmare for... Both um, her and her fellow rider, when they were hailed by a woman standing by the bush, saying "Don't come over here," she thought it was because um, there were snakes, and that she said she thought right. she heard "Don't bring the dog over," yeah. and she picked up a dog, and she didn't go any further. But the other, her her fellow rider, went closer, yes. and that's when he was alerted to a, a naked body, um, and it was yes, quite distressing.
1: Yeah, and then <clears throat> she explained how, um, I mean obviously everyone was quite distressed by the situation which which was basically just unfolding. Um, her riding partner um, had gone off and um, the husband of the lady who'd actually discovered Jane's body had also gone to the riding stables um, to basically call for help um, to alert the police. Um, and uh, yeah, and she said um, I didn't leave um, because this lady said she didn't want to leave. As it turned out, Jane on her own, and neither did she. And that's when, in court, she she, she was basically holding back tears as she as she remembered that moment.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's such a, a horrific moment, and I guess you can't imagine it if it's never happened to you. But um, you know, it's one of those things, I suppose, that would have been playing on these people's minds. For decades,
1: Yeah, it's not something you'd uh, remember uh, remember fondly or forget at all, I wouldn't have thought. Um, and the lady who was, as you mentioned, uh, the lady who did actually find Jane's body was um, picking flowers. It was quite a bizarre little situation. She was driving up that dirt road with her family in a car. A, a rooster had run out or a chicken had run out mm-hmm. in front of the road. They'd stopped because the kids in the car wanted to chase the rooster, um, which they did. And then she'd noticed these... these um, Arum lilies or death lilies on the side of the mm-hmm. road, and had gone in to basically pick one or two, and then had seen a really big one um, just a little little way along, um, and she went into the to the scrub, the bush to to pick that one, and that's when she made the discovery.
0: There was also another interesting point too, where she said they're riding along and they f- saw a knife mm. on the side of the road.
1: Yeah, well that was a bit weird because the lady who actually gave evidence today couldn't actually remember what the the item that she'd or that her and her riding partner had found. She would, she could, she remembered it was an item of significance, right. but couldn't actually solidly remember it being a knife. Her riding partner, um, whose evidence was read in today, um, did remember that it, it was a knife that they'd found, but she could not sort of. She she had no positive recollection of that.
2: And the writing partner whose statement was read in, mm. did he
0: describe this knife, what it looked like? At the time he did. Yeah,
1: briefly in the, I don't in think the statement.
0: He's, he's he's still with us, is he?
1: No, I, I, we understand ah. that that is why his evidence was read in. So there were two statements read, a, a handwritten one, which is obviously done very qu- shortly after. Right. Uh, um, which just described how they had come across the, the scene with the body. And then later on he basically told police about this knife that they discovered. Um, yes, this, this chap has passed away, which is why right. um, the evidence was read in today, and obviously couldn't be called to give evidence in person, but his writing partner was this lady, Miss um, uh, Bell, who gave um, evidence this morning, and she couldn't positively remember um, whether it was a knife or not. So it w- it w- the evidence is in there, but it's all a little bit vague.
2: How far away, um did she say or was she asked how far away
0: the body was from where they had seen this knife? Just a few steps. They said when they got there, ah. it was just a few steps into the bushland. She described it as very dense. Uh, they didn't think it could be seen from the road, but it was quite close to, to the road, um, just a matter of metres.
1: And the knife distance, that was um, something that was also a little bit vague. She She had a very... Clear recollection of the route that they'd taken on the ride, um, it, so clear in fact that she'd made her own map. Oh. Um, but when asked how far down this particular road, Walcott and, and Miller Road, the, the knife was away. She, once again, she couldn't really say, but she she definitely could remember that they'd found it before that they'd come across um, the, the 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 scene with the body. Um, but the distance away um, in meters, she couldn't really say. But it was it was certainly close enough to be on the same road um, as as Jane's, um, Jane's remains were discovered.
0: We certainly got more information from the statement that was read from the man who's now died, the witness who's now died, Stephen. He was the actual one who followed through, mm. went to the body, and had described the knife as a wooden pocket Yes, yeah, so it was a
1: wooden-handled wooden pocket, wooden pocket knife, knife and, right. we've, we, and we've actually seen a picture of it during the opening and a little bit of a description, but it was a wooden-handled um, pocket knife, um, is that, that it, the good one?
0: condition, so or has yeah, been described as a Telstra one? Yes, it,
1: yes, yes. So it, they, uh, they were hmm. it, it, they were either Telstra markings on it, or right. certainly distinctive to Telstra. Um, sorry, now, what was your question? It? Uh,
2: and it was in good condition. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't it like was a in, rusted.
1: No, it wasn't rusted. Um, it wasn't um, you know embedded in the um, the grass or the or the shrub or anything. It was it was prominent enough that they. Were That both these people were actually on horseback, and they spotted it, and it was also strange enough in that scenario, Mm. in that setting, to um, for them to stop and basically um, pick it up.
0: I think we might hear more about that when the forensic um, evidence is given. I'm sure we will.
2: Um, The the woman who uh, gave her evidence today. Did she go to the body
0: with the other lady did or, or no. not no she no. stayed back she was uh, she was she didn't want to go near it did she oh that's the impression yeah. she didn't say she didn't that wanna,
1: in, yeah. in so many words but that's the impression mm, right. that that what that she gave so her, her riding partner actually went in right. um, to basically confirm or check on what this this other lady who's yet to give evidence had, had told them that she'd found um, and I mean he, he went in and came up pretty quickly and, and basically yeah. confirmed
0: and then they went back and called police almost mm. straight away yeah. yeah and
2: and was she cross-examined today
1: yeah briefly um, but mainly about um, the distance away that the knife was Right. Um, um, but not not in any any great detail I, I don't think there's any um, uh, there's any argument about you know how the body was discovered or I mean the, the only real thing was whether anyone had touched the remains you would you would thought yes. from a defense point of view um, but I, she I, asked
2: that question um, yeah, sh- sh- well because she, she
1: didn't go in yeah. she sort of wasn't she, yeah. uh, she was asked whether she'd seen um, uh, the other her riding partner yes. and whether he sort of lent whether he'd lent in or how close he got to the body but she said look I could see him go in and I could see him come out but that was r- really all I could re- see and all I could remember
0: I can, I remember in one of the statements he said nobody touched anything. They went in they never touched anything and they came straight back out. Mm -hmm. I I guess that was from Steve's um, statement, the partner. Okay, well um, let's move forward to March
2: 1997. Now yesterday we heard about Kira's last night and of course that fateful decision to go to Claremont with work colleagues, Um, but today you heard from a witness who may very well have been the last person to see her alive.
1: well one certainly one of them um as we've alluded to before there were mm. numerous sightings after kira left the hotel there were numerous sightings by numerous people yeah. of her on the street and and um the the, the witness today um karen Mabbott, um she was one of those um and uh, it was it was an interesting sighting as well wasn't it Ali?
0: Yeah, um, because she was a little bit... um, Well, when she was cross-examined, she was a little bit um, confused about where exactly everything was. But she did say that um, she saw... Kira, or someone who very much was described as Kira, walking mm-hmm. towards her as she was driving home. She'd been to a progressive dinner
2: from a <laughs> very,
0: very wealthy area in, in Peppermint Grove. Remember and, uh, those? They were very popular back in the <laughs> 90s, progressive dinners. And, and, although she did since she hadn't been drinking, so she mm-hmm. was very clear about what she saw. And she also referred to seeing this man or a car on her left-hand side as she was driving down, which... Uh, she was questioned on later and said she was shown uh, photographs by police, but it was of Lance Williams, the public servant, who yeah. was under a very, very long investigation. Yeah,
1: that, that, I, that was probably the most interesting part of the. Testimony evidence today was she, so she's seen this girl that was very much like Kira wearing the same outfit, same mm-hmm. type of hair, yep. same height,
0: same time, um, yep. same, and this and is around midnight, just after midnight yep.
1: um, on the night. So we've established via CCTV and another witness today that she two witnesses today actually that she'd left about closing time just after five past ten past twelve. And it sounds like she's walking towards. Um, Mosman Park this lady's seen a, a, a person very much like her and then very shortly after in a side street but off off the, the main road she's seen a car and a gentleman stood behind this car mm-hmm. um, and she made uh, once her witness statement was taken she made it clear to the police that she had seen a figure but for, for whatever reason that wasn't included in the first witness statement and then two years later the police went back to her by the sounds of it with a photo board an old school photo board a a series of photographs and uh, from what she said in in sworn testimony today one of those photos was lance williams who we've discussed um, several times over the podcast who basically was the prime suspect for many many years and, and and a very strong focus of the macro investigation so that's interesting one that they wouldn't really concentrate on the description at the time of the man and then two years later um, it would appear that they were trying to confirm possibly that Lance that Williams was, was this person but unfortunately for the police then the person that she described was between 175 and 185 centimetres tall of slim to medium build um, dark hair Mediterranean colouring we're mm. we getting the possible well, similarities to was someone no. that we now no. are concentrating on a little bit more. Yeah, and, and, and Lance,
0: I mean, how would you describe uh, not, Lance Williams, Not like Ellie? that, not like that at all. But this must be all terribly harrowing for Dennis Glennon and curious mm. um, sister is sitting right Behind me, actually, in the court, mm. listening to these last movements and thinking, What if, what if? Because what if? she was going to go home, and she hummed and harboured about going to the place yeah. in the first thing. And here are her lawyer friends who are now managing partners and, and so forth, 23 years on, describing how they persuaded her to go yes. into into uh, the Conti after they, yet she was tired and wanting to go home. And I, you can't help thinking, oh, What if? What are they thinking? Yeah. 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 Very disturbing.
1: And the, as I say, and this description um, is is um, is very intriguing. Yes. Um, that you, they would that they would see a man, and she, and she was quite clear on this description. Um, and it was the description she gave in '99, not necessarily '97.
2: But it is intriguing, Tim, that why police didn't take down. I mean, surely she would have given them the same description in uh, with her first statement. And it's intriguing that they didn't note this down in the mm. statement.
1: Yeah, very. And then. Once again, um, to 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 come along and have a a photo board. Well, that's that's fair enough, I suppose. But to, to, to try and fit, I suppose, yes. maybe a uh, one suspect into into. I mean, I'm sure they were just trying to, you know, get get it right. But um, she was qu- quite clear that, and she mentioned it a number of times in her statement testimony today that they were they were all about this public servant that yes. had become the focus she didn't name him but we all know who it was
2: and I guess um, it does go, go to this idea that anybody who didn't fit this profile of Lance Williams you
0: can't help but wonder well was that stuff sort of just pushed to the side yes it was I think the police were absolutely positive of it. it was Lance Williams they never let up they had followed him around for that time and I think possibly a, a big distraction
1: mm. Well, I mean, and as we've speculated, that might become um, somewhat of a focus for questioning down the track in court. I would think.
2: Yes, and in terms of cross examination of this witness, um, was the defence, um, you know, quite quite tough in his questioning about that, about the fact that the descriptions would
0: yes, not there. Yes, he, he um, early um, he is Paul Yovich is honing in very very. Um, hard on the discrepancies between their mm. earlier statements because she did not mention seeing this man um, standing behind the car in her first statement in '97. She reckons that she's told the police that, but they hadn't but put they it didn't in. Include it. So you just don't know. Then the second statement she refers to it, and then, but because it didn't match Lance Williams, I don't know what happened after that. And um, at, at that stage, he is. Uh, spending time really concentrating on the inconsistencies in in their statements that were made at the time as opposed to later ones.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've mentioned the tyranny of time before and it it, it happens a lot in in all these sort of historical type cases that obviously details fade over the years and, and... um, you know, they just want to make sure that uh, that what they're saying in court is is not a what they call a reconstruction or a you know a, or a construction from, you know from from other sources. They want to try and pinpoint that it is ac- an actual memory um, from the time.
0: Yeah, was Bradley Edwards uh, particularly interested in anything today, or? His expression doesn't really change much. You just don't know. He's, we thought he was looking down, but you were saying he's looking at a screen. Yeah, so. well, he's got a, he's got, he has got a screen in the yeah, dock. So he's so. probably looking at the screen, not well, looking no, down. He's taken
1: a lot of notes this week and taken a lot of um, notice of, of what's going on, obviously. And, um, yeah, sort of th- three weeks in, um, his demeanour hasn't changed much at all. He's quite unlike other witnesses who will sit in the
0: dock maybe and shake their head or, mm. or nod or... Sh- you know sort of make some gestures yes. he yeah, no, doesn't he's, he's not he's, he's not no, dis- demonstrative at all no we've, it's almost like a a Jekyll and Hyde um description we've heard from him from his colleagues who say that he's um placid and doesn't react and then of course we've got the prosecution saying well hang on he does react because he's gone out and attacked women after some emotional mm. disturbance so yeah we just don't know and it's hard to know if, you know, I mean,
2: it, it is very difficult, obviously, sitting in on this trial for everyone, and it must be pretty difficult for him and and exhausting, I imagine. Oh, yeah. well,
1: yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a hard slog. It's just, it's just a hard slog for, for everyone, yeah.
2: Um, and I know we were talking about Lance Williams and and how for, you know, well, so many years, police had honed in on him and and he was the prime suspect and just for those people who, who aren't familiar with the case um he has since passed on correct
1: yes yes he has um ali was one of the one and only to interview lance back in the day um, footage that's probably been replayed yeah. quite a lot yes. in the last three yeah. years
0: and i remember telling a policeman to call dennis Glenn and say they're lo- looking at the wrong guy mm. he was just a very odd character so from your, your yeah. interview, in you I went into his house. Yeah. You yeah. sat down with him for how long, Ellie? I sat down for hours. Hours. In fact, we'd run out of things to say after a while. He was um, he was almost autistic and he, kept, he wanted to keep coming back to talk about things. Yes. Um, but he, yeah, didn't seem to fit. And so your gut instinct totally. back then was that this was the They've wrong guy. they got the wrong guy. Yeah, totally. Um, so much so that I did call an assistant police commissioner and asked him to Called Dennis Glennon because uh, I think they were focusing on him you know the money was being poured into keeping people right outside his house 24-7 following him to work following him back Um, and so did you have this gnawing
2: feeling that while they were focusing on him that potentially the
0: other avenues weren't being followed he was just a very simple um, accepting guy that You just did not see as... And sometimes I'm listening to some people who are describing a white sedan that they got into. I think that was Lance Williams because he had this... Thing about going and helping and seeing damsels and and picking them up. So of course that I mean to the police, that's that's full on. (laughs) So they did suspect him for a reason, but he says he was just picking women up to save them. Mm. And I think sometimes when they're talking about a white sedan, they're probably talking about his white Mm. sedan. But but he was a lonely guy who thought he was doing lived in the area. And and one time, I think he he they said one time he was driving around sixty five times around Bayview Terrace. So you. He was that um, fairly compulsive um, personality in that way. But, uh, I guess yeah. on the flip side Just you can un- see maybe fa- why. Unfortunately, yeah.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you can always mm. see why there would be <laughs> why they police, yes, police exactly. interest, but there's police yeah. interest and then there's police absolute mm. focus, isn't mm. there? Regardless yeah. of, of possible other... Other leads and other investigative avenues
2: yeah well perhaps before we go we could maybe just recap the the main um, points that that arose through the trial this week and Mm -hmm. I guess one of the biggest uh, days was the day that we um, heard these statements from the Karrakatta rape victim
1: yeah that was um, yeah that was a big day Monday Um, uh, I mean we knew we, we knew roughly What what had happened, um, but not the total um, graphic details, which was which was what we've got, or what we got, and Mm. um, always hard to hard to listen to. But um, and in the context of the trial, they are vital because um, the prosecutors will point to them over and over again and and say there is no doubt now because Mr. Edwards has pleaded guilty that he is capable of this type of behaviour and. Uh, that we, we say he, he he's done it before um, so what's what's to say he didn't do it again and that's that's the propensity that they um, that they talk to and um, and the, the fact that um, the, the the victim herself was there um, to yeah. hear her own words um, read back to her or back back read back in front of her um, just added another element of 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 um, discomfort, I suppose, and mm-hmm. um, and awkwardness, if if you want to put it like that, in the, in the court when it's all when it, when it was all happening.
2: Yeah, I mean the details were harrowing and it was explicit and it was very very difficult.
1: Mm. Yeah, and um, unfortunately we'll, we'll probably have to pour, the, pour over them again a, a, a few times um, in in, in, the, in the coming months as well.
0: Yeah. Well, the prosecution has to maximise the. What exactly happened um, to illustrate yes the violence and brutality so she's pushing uh, that that out yeah, yeah.
1: and then obviously w- w- way down the track we- we'll come to a sentencing hearing um, for Mr. Edwards over that um, crime and, and the um, the Huntingdale attack as well because he has pleaded guilty um, but that won't happen until the um, very end the very very yeah. end um, you know after, after the verdicts one way or the other, um, in the uh, in the three murders,
2: and I guess much much of the rest of the week was devoted to Jane Rimmer and her last moments
0: and that video that we had never seen before. And we're, um, yes, we're not seem to be going in any order. We 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 sort of doing a bit of Jane, mm. then we go back to Kira, and it, I, I guess they're. They're bringing in witnesses um, when they can.
1: Yeah, I, I think that'll be down to witness availability. Yes, more than anything. it seems to be Pater- jumping. Yeah. It jumps particularly quite. with, with the, 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 the holiday break, the Christmas break coming up, um, I think they, they, they're quite keen to get as many witnesses um, in before the Christmas break, because as we heard yesterday, if they can get all the civilian witnesses out of the way, then um, then they're going to go on to more forensic matters yeah. after Christmas. So, um, yeah, it is jumping around a little bit. Because um, they're all
0: over the place. Yes. We're hearing from people from the east, f- yes. from overseas, and um, yes, we don't know no, uh, we until, don't know until the day coming. who's coming up, so we've we just got to wait for the date to come up. We realise we're talking either yes. about Jane Rimmer or... Kira Glennon or Sarah, even, you know. Although I do feel that this week a lot of the pieces tied together with, inst- with
2: Jane Rimmer, for instance. Yeah. You know, you heard, yes. you saw the footage, you heard from the people who had seen her that night. We heard about the woman today who yep. found her body. Mm. Um, we heard about the people who were woken up by the screams. And so when you're putting all that together, you really then do paint a picture of those 12 hours, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the, uh, yeah, you're right, that I mean, the, the, the rest of the week was basically taken up with. Jane and Kira's um, last evenings, um, and you know, in some ways, they were they were so similar. Um, the yes. fact that um, they'd gone out for drinks, you know, not pre-arranged. It was a little bit, you know, loosey goosey. Shall I go? Shall I? Yeah. Where Where will I go? We'll get a cab here. We'll go for more drinks there. Um, but I mean, they so they but they both ended up at the Continental Hotel on a weekend evening, late with friends that they've then decided to leave ended up outside the hotel or very close to the hotel on their own um, and then vanished Um, so you know drawing the comparisons um, you know in 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 the the detail that we've gone through them this week um, you could see why um, it was immediately um, apparent even way back in the day that this this can't be a coincidence this can't be just two random events this there's something tying these two two young women together
2: yeah All right, well, I think we might have time for just a couple of questions. Ali, we've got one that's come through for you from a fellow all the way from Chicago, Letham Burns. Thank you for listening. Uh, He wants to know As a journalist who knows almost everyone in Perth during the mid 1990s, did you have any indication from the Continental Hotel and Club Bayview owners? on how abductions were impacting their business and, you know, how willing were they, I guess, at the time to cooperate with investigations?
0: Well, I know and Burns because, like my two sons, they were clubbing in the area <laughs> all the time and they and a lot of them didn't take much notice of what was going on. Being the age they were, they are invincible, you know, and we still had girls wandering down the street with their shoes off looking for rides uh, at that time. But John Sankin, who owned both places at the time, was... Um, very seriously, helping everybody. Yes,
1: um, did they put a reward up at some stage? The I one think of the so. Yeah, themselves. oh, the yeah. hotel did. Yeah, yeah.
0: it. Um, it. But for everybody else, is we've we've gone over this, and somebody said, "Why is the pa- uh, the gallery so packed today? They're treating it a bit like a social event." I said, "No, they're not. These are people from that entire area. I yes. live in the area, and it just gripped everybody." Um, And even if you didn't live in the area, though, you went there. Mm. Well, you might have gone there. (laughs) (laughs) I certainly wasn't there. But, yeah, my kids were there and their girlfriends were there. And that's why the interest, because also so many of them who drove white cars were stopped. Yep. Just about everyone you knew who drove a white van. So the police did know the white van. um, And I don't want to keep harping on this Tolstra thing. Yes. (laughs) If they just mentioned that, it might have been a bit of help but well, the, the listeners are also hopping on about it that it's a I'm lot sure of the feedback and people um, are very very miffed about yeah. this well, that this information well, well, was not might revealed be, because i'm sure the taxi drivers were miffed because we, yeah. everyone was too scared to get into a taxi as well and i yeah. uh, wouldn't get in without two or three others mm. well you had to you know i mean you you were 25 or 26 years old and you were calling
2: your mum at 2am because you didn't totally. catch a cab yes
0: and mums were getting up at 2am and, and going and picking up. them
2: up yeah. <laughs> um, Tim, we've got a question for you. We've got several questions uh, or several listeners who want to know if Edwards will take the stand and do we know if he will?
1: We don't know um, and basically we won't know until the prosecution case is all done and dusted, which is many months in the future. He doesn't have to, obviously, because as, as we've discussed with both Damien and Tom this week, he doesn't have to prove anything um, and he's innocent. Um Uh, until proven guilty or or if until proven guilty so um, we don't know um, is is the first question whether he will I mean that is the sixty four million dollar question if Um, you had a hunch um, the other lawyers not involved in the case that I've spoken to have said they think he might Mm. um, and they think he he could but I mean, I mean, it's pure speculation. Um, and as you say, I mean, based on the mere fact that he doesn't have to prove anything, um, maybe he won't. Because and it's not a jury trial, is it? No, so that, but but yeah. what you are doing, if if you choose to give evidence in mm. your own defence, is opening yourself up to cross examination. Yes. Um, and obviously, that would be rigorous, um, lengthy, um, pointed. Uh, I'm pretty sure that sometimes it would be heated, mm. um, because you know Carmel Barbagallo and her other barristers, on behalf of the state, will, would be tasked with asking the questions that, that the whole state want, want answers to, and they would be and they would ask them and ask them and ask them. So, um, look, it's a very long answer to a short yes. question. We don't know. Um, the expert opinion I've sought have said he, he could and he might. Um, but we won't know um, until until the defence starts, um, and which is many months in the f- in, in 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 the future. I
2: think they'd have to find some more um, overflow courtrooms, wouldn't they?
1: Mm, yeah, they they probably have to f- uh, open up court two again and do, do do streaming because that is um, something that a lot of people would want want to see if it did happen. Because yeah.
0: it's still drawing a lot of people. Yeah, even yeah. This more this so, week yeah.
1: this week the the um the gallery did seem to Packed. get a little bit busier. Um, and, um, I I mean, think, have you noticed they put know.
0: a sign down below saying courtroom 72 full? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's, like, to, that's like a so
1: they haven't got queues outside and no. they want to direct them towards the, uh, the overflow courts yeah. that have been set up.
2: Well, it has been a very big three weeks and you two probably are feeling a little bit battle-weary after um, the hard yards. It's been very intense. You've, you're, you're coping. No, I don't think <laughs> it's
1: going to get any less intense, to be honest. <laughs> no. And particularly, we're getting... Unfortunately, we're now getting towards um, the point where um, both girls' bodies were discovered, and that's that's all, all, always and and you know always was going to be um, quite harrowing to hear. So, yeah. um, but you know you, that's that's the job um, to bring it to as many people as we can, and hopefully we continue to do so on the podcast and. Yeah. The, on uh, the other outlets.
2: Well, thank you both for your time again, you, as Nat. always. And thanks to all of you, the listeners, who are sending us lots of questions, lots of feedback. Please keep sending them through. We are at Claremont Podcast at wanews.com.au. And we look forward to having you back on Monday for week four. And that will be the final week before court breaks for Christmas. So we will chat to you Monday for day 16.
1: This podcast was hosted by Natalie Bonjolo, produced by Kate Ryan and Alicia Preedy, and recorded in the studios of Seven West Media. Audio files were provided from the archives of the Seven Network and the West Australian. Sign up for daily emails and all the latest on the Claremont trial at thewest.com.au. Enjoying this podcast? If the story behind the headline matters to you, then you can count on thewest.com.au to deliver. For more on Claremont The Trial, follow the live blog, watch the nightly news updates and sign up for daily email updates at thewest.com.au. Subscribe now for just a dollar a day at thewest.com.au.